Busy show today ahead of Michigan State's homecoming game against Wisconsin. What are our final thoughts as we head closer and closer to kickoff? Also, a few recruiting tidbits for both football and basketball. What did Tom Izzo say during Big Ten Media Days? And then, yeah, we try to keep going with five best bets. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the greatest people of all time. Yes, my homecoming Spartans. That's right. Hey, if you're driving up to the game today, hope you enjoy a great tailgate because uh, no matter how good or how bad the season is going, homecoming is always popping. Uh, mix in the water today. You know, just a friendly piece of advice there. Uh, at least one. You know, just get get nuts, if you will. Also, hey, really quick, today's episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between the Spartans and the Badgers right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you will also love. Try it today. All right, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the game, go through all my final thoughts that you may or may not even care about. Hey, really just want to thank you all for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Or, hey, if you're watching this too on YouTube, thank you so much for giving this a shot as well. Uh, We do this five days a week here. That's right, Monday through Friday. So, uh, yeah, smash that subscribe button. You won't miss a piece of content throughout the week, Monday through Friday. And if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. So, all right, let's dive headfirst into this Saturday's showdown. 4 p.m. at Spartan Stadium, Michigan State trying to stave off a fifth straight loss. But we got the squirrely Badgers coming into town, coming off of a really nice win. Against Northwestern, uh, the first game in the Jim Leonard era. After they wheeled out, Paul Chris to the curb and said, Hey, thanks for your service, but sayonara. And uh, got to say, things things look pretty good under the new guy here. But uh, right now in front of me, I've got five final thoughts written down. They're like stats, if you will, something that we want to see. Really, it's just a whole hodgepodge of thoughts that I have about this game. So let's just get right into it. Thought number one. I'm going to try to share some optimism going into this game pertaining to one matchup. And that matchup is Wisconsin's run offense versus Michigan State's run defense. Look, hey, I'm probably thinking the same thing you're thinking. Like, this is ridiculous. There certainly is not a lot of optimism going along right now. But, hey, you know, we're going to try to find one here, and this is what we have landed on. Wisconsin running back, Braylon Allen, fine running back. No doubt about it, 6.1 yards per carry and 600, 634 yards. That is 11th best in the country. So, all right, so where's the optimism? Where does that start to come along? Because it sounds like we're playing this great running back, another classic Wisconsin run game that just thrashes the opponent. Let's add some context here and some more stats because Mr. Braylon Allen, yes, he has 634 yards this season. Not too shabby. However, two of those runs were a 96-yard touchdown versus Illinois State. And then also at the end of the game, with Ohio State's backups in the game, he also scored a 75-yard touchdown. You take away those two rushes. You take away 171 yards of rushing just on those two plays. Once against an FCS team and another one against backups in Ohio State, which is still a pretty good backup unit, but I digress. That goes down to just 4.5 yards per carry. That's pretty pedestrian. It's pretty average. So, 
yes, of course, you know, this is cherry picking, so to speak. Like, those runs happened. Why are we taking them away? But look, two will call him for sake of conversation, fluke runs. And that 6.1 yards per carry gets bumped all the way back down to 4.5. So if you can mitigate the damage, just don't let this guy run behind you, which is always a good you know strategy to have in the game of football, then you're going to feel pretty good about your game. Now, what also is nice to look at as far as running stats go for Wisconsin is that Wisconsin has an opportunity rate outside of the top 100. Yes, it is 44.1%. And you might be saying to yourself, what on earth did he just say? He's speaking in hieroglyphics to me right now. Opportunity rate is actually pretty easy to understand. It's a run that gets at least four yards on the carry. Essentially, it's, hey, did the offensive line and the running back do the bare minimum of their job? So only 44.1% of Wisconsin runs go for at least four yards. That is outside of the top 100 in the country. Also, for rushing plays that go 10 or more yards, Wisconsin only has 21 of those this season. That also ranks outside of the top 100. Just for reference, Michigan State's run game on offense, n- nothing really to write home about whatsoever. They even have more running plays of 10 or more yards than Wisconsin has so far this season. So yes, on paper, we're looking at this guy like, oh my God, 11th best running back in the country. There's some context here. This isn't the all-world, all-American run game that we're all used to with Wisconsin. You know, this is a possibly, possibly a gettable running offense that we are going up against because also this funnels into point number two right here. It, that might be Michigan State's best shot to win a big matchup in this game because um, thought number two, did, did Graham Mertz just start to revive his career last week? I mean, uh, look... We talked about this with Ryan Herrings of Locked on Badgers yesterday, and they just look completely different, not just under Jim Leonard, the new interim head coach, but also under offensive coordinator Body Ingram. Ryan Herrings said it, that, hey, Paul Chris had his fingerprints all over the Wisconsin offense whenever he was here. It was always the same script. Run, run. Okay, we might pass if it's third down. Then we're going to run, we're going to run. Wisconsin dropped the top last week, and they flexed on everyone. They were doing five wide, some RPO. They were throwing on first down. And yes, look, Northwestern isn't a world-beating team. I mean, it's safe to say that, but still. Graham Mertz put up a career-high 299 yards of passing and a career-high five touchdown passes. I don't necessarily like seeing him rally last week ahead of playing our Spartans because I'm not going to break you any news right here. Secondary is not good here in East Lansing. So, yes, this what this is what's going to make shutting the run game important because you have to shut one valve off, right, if you want to hope for this upset victory on homecoming. And it's going to have to be the run game because I don't know if it happens in the passing game. Look, I mean, Michigan State's defense is second to last in the nation at giving up passing plays that go 10 or more yards. They are worst in the Big Ten at yards per pass attempt. And, oh, yeah, They also have only one interception, which was gift-wrapped to them by C.J. Stroud. He said, hey, I'm going to throw six touchdowns on you, but uh, you know what? Let's make it seven. The seventh will just be to you guys. It'll be the easiest interception that you will have in program history. So, yeah, uh, of course, I'm I'm scared of Wisconsin's passing game because I'm scared of any team's passing game at this point. But, yeah, Graham Mertz looked pretty good last weekend, and 
yeah, of course he's coming into a stadium that holds a defense where you could just kind of duplicate those numbers. So please, if not for nothing else, stop the Wisconsin run game. It is doable. It is doable. And one third thing to talk about with the defense here is third down defense. Now, if you listened to the show two days ago, these are stats that you already heard. Going to make it a little quicker, though. Uh, and they're not fun stats. These aren't fun facts necessarily, but they are important facts and really tell a good story about what's been happening the last four games. Uh, look, we, we have the worst um, uh, third down defense in the Big Ten. Teams are converting at 44.3%. But that's not even the worst stat I'm about to read right now. The first half in the last four games, if you just take the last four games against Power 5 opponents and just the first halves, when the games are still, in theory, competitive, teams are converting third and fourth downs at a combined 69% clip. That is not nice. That is not nice, actually. So look, Michigan State this game, they they need a slump buster, right? They, they just need it in the, the nastiest way possible. They need any shred of confidence whatsoever. And hey, you know what? This might sound hokey. This might sound a little too rah-rah. But this, this could be something that a homecoming crowd really helps the defense with. That first third down Wisconsin has. Or the second third down Wisconsin has. If the, the fans can just help get some energy in the stadium and get the defense going, that could help. Because in the last five games, Michigan State's defense, the first time they see a third down or the second time they see a third down, Teams are 100% at staying on the field. It has gotten so bad. It has gotten so bad on third down. So, yes, fans, this is your moment. Rally behind our boys this weekend if you're driving up to the game right now because, oh, God, they need you, and my mental sanity needs you as well, and I'm sure yours does as well. So, yeah, third downs are going to be a huge storyline of this game. Really quick, two more quick thoughts. Thought number four, can the run game on offense get anything going? It has been Four, no, it's actually been five games since the run game has given the running backs 20 or more touches. Uh, now, this is because, we're, yeah, the, the Spartans are playing behind in a lot of these games. And, well, you can't run yourself back into these games. Also, uh, they're getting dominated in time of possession in three straight games as well. So, can we get above 20 running back carries? Can 10 of those be for Eli Collins because I think that he gives a jolt to this offense that we're looking for as well. And then thought number five, well, this is a jolt that everyone's looking for. I'm just still fascinated with the Peyton Thorne versus Noah Kim saga going on. Peyton Thorne earlier this week said to the media that, hey, he hasn't been 100% since Western. Now, what does that mean? What's hurt? How bad is it hurt? How much is it affecting his play? No one knows that, but we do know that in the last three games, Two touchdowns, three interceptions, and Noah Kim, on the other hand, hey, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a 73% completion rating, but again, I will say this, as I do anytime we talk about this debate, Noah Kim has been doing that in the second half against a lot of backups, against defenses playing with their guard down, but still, you have a hurt Peyton Thorne, this offense needs any sign of life that you could possibly give it. I just wonder what the fan reaction is going to be in the stadium. You know, are we going to hear those chants for Kim in the second quarter if things are going sideways? But more importantly, the people that actually make these decisions, I just wonder how short or long of a leash Peyton is going to be getting here. So yeah, those are my five thoughts. And I'm sure you share a lot of those thoughts as well. But yeah, no doubt about it. This is a game that our Spartans need. 
And let's be honest, let's talk about us, the fans here, for a second. This is something we need. This is something we need to just smile about. I, it, it's been so long. It's been so long since I've smiled on a Saturday. So uh, let's see if we can get it going here today. Uh, you know what is a great way to get some smiles going on your weekend is with Underdog Fantasy. That is right. They make the daily pick'em games so easy and fun. And also college football base. Look, you know your team as well as anyone else. I like to think I know my Spartans as well. Well, hey, we could put that to the test on Underdog Fantasy. It's simple. After you download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com, make your picks based on player stats. Like, hey, over Peyton Thorne passing yards, over Jalen Berger rushing yards, and then under Graham Mertz passing yards, then you could just times your money by five with just that little three pick parlay right there it's fun it's simple and it keeps you into the game no matter how lopsided things are getting they will keep you tuned for all four quarters believe me about that sign up with promo code locked on that's all one word locked on that's it an underdog is going to make your day they're going to double your first deposit up to 100 dollars that's right Deposit $100, Underdog gives you $100 for free. So what are you waiting for? Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, LOCKEDON. Get in on the college football pick'em action today at Underdog Fantasy. And before we get into some recruiting news and Tom Izzo quotes, hey, I genuinely want to thank you very much for making Locked On Spartans your first listen or watch every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We will be back probably Saturday night, if not Sunday afternoon at the latest with the post-game recap. Uh, we will have a special guest for this recap, so it's not just going to be me babbling on about the game. No, we're, we're actually going to have some help this time around, so that'll be fun after the game, uh, no matter what happens. So there we have it. Let's just get into some quick recruiting notes for both football and for basketball. Uh, on the football side, by Joe. He is coming up for a visit this weekend. He is the top verbal commit for Michigan State's 2023 class, top 100 edge rusher, and he was also on a visit to Bama not too long ago. And look, this isn't going to shock anyone here, but when a kid is rated in the top 100, just because he verbally commits to you, uh, that's not the end of the story. You have to recruit this kid until December 21st, until National Signing Day. So, hey, to see him on campus, great sign. Love to see it. Now, what we don't love to see is that running back commit, four-star Kedrick Risano out of Texas. He will be going to Ole Miss this weekend for a visit. Personally, if you ask me, you might not even care what I think about this, but the minute you start visiting other campuses as well, start to be a little murky with that commitment title. But hey, again, that's just the world of college recruiting these days, and everything's a fluid situation until that ink dries on National Signing Day. So no, it, it doesn't mean anything is imminent necessarily, but yeah, you hate to see a verbal commit. Hey, what's going on in uh, Oxford, Mississippi this week? And let me just go check out that top 10 program over there. So yeah, that's what we got for football and for basketball. Hey, look, last week we had James Brown, Jace Richardson, two top 35 players in the class of 2024. That's right, I said that. 2024, we are already recruiting those kids right there. Oh my God, I'm old. Uh, and now we have two more 
top players coming to East Lansing as well. The first one, Kurtang. He is a six foot four shooting guard out of Massachusetts, the number 36 player in the nation, the number 10 shooting guard in the class as well. And the way it was told to me, the way I understand it, this is the top priority for wing players for the Michigan State staff as far as 2024 goes. Uh, Jace Richardson, obviously fantastic player. He's up there as well. But Kurtang, this is the kid that is the crown jewel that they really want to get. So to have him on campus as a junior before he even takes a dribble in his junior year season, not bad. Not, not bad at all. And also, he's not the only kid from the 2024 class coming. Aiden Sherrill as well. He's the number 55 overall player in the country. The number 7 rated power forward in the class as well. And this will be his second visit to a college as he also visited Alabama not too long ago. And look, I, I will beat this into the ground when we talk basketball recruiting. Uh, it's awesome to have the number 2 ranked class for 2023 because, okay, you're getting awesome players. That, that's obvious, right? I mean, we're getting four bang-up players here in the 2023 class. But really, what is awesome is that you get to work this hard and put this much effort in the 2024 kids. Look, you are going head first in the 2024 class before, look, the school down the road, those guys, you get to work on the 2024 class before they even have a commit for the 2023 class, Michigan State is way ahead of schedule right now. There's also, hey, look, Michigan, no commits for next year's class. And there's four Big Ten teams still with just one commit for the 2023 class. So here's Izzo. My 2023 class is all set and done. I got four all-star players. I'm actually going all the way in on 2024 right now. Like, the, uh, the rumors of Tom Izzo's uh, recruiting <laughs> deaths have been greatly exaggerated here. Um, so, yeah, no, just uh, nothing but good news there for Michigan State basketball recruiting. Knock on wood really quick. And let's go to Big Ten Media Days really quick. Uh, this happened not too long ago in Minneapolis. Not as much fanfare as football gets because, well, it's tough to have your media day when you know football season is going on. You know, hey, Big Ten Media Days for football. We're all starving. We're all depraved for anything college sports. So, yeah, we all treat that like it's church. Um, but, yeah, there's still some good stuff that came out of Minneapolis. And um, Michigan State brought their entire starting five lineup of players uh, to represent the team, which I thought was cool and also a little bit funny. And the biggest takeaway that I got is that Jaden Akins not wearing that protective boot on his left foot. He had that surgery for a stress fracture in the middle of September, and he says that Still a little bit of a way to go to practice, but that he still hopes to be ready by the opener on Monday, November 7th. So we'll see. Obviously, us state fans are a little skittish when it comes to foot injuries, especially off the heels of Josh Lankford's career. So there you have it. Yeah, I'm a little nervous, but hey, I mean, all things considered, things are progressing the right way. So there you have it. Um, Izzo, um... We'll get into some quotes from him. This is absolutely positively going to shock you. But he uh, he had a lot to say in front of the media. Uh, yeah, I know. That's so unlike Tom. But he was asked about not prioritizing the transfer portal. You know, we talked about it up and down. You've heard about it up and down from different podcasts and the other outlets. 
Michigan State opting to go with just 10 scholarship players for this season did not really go to the portal at all. And uh, Izzo talked about not really utilizing the portal all that much because he loves the culture at Michigan State and he thinks that's the foundation of a program. And he also said, quote, you know who my best recruiters are? My former players. You know why they're my best recruiters? Because they have a loyal head coach. And then went on later in that same quote to say, quote, I'll die for my guys. And look, I love the sentiment. No doubt about that. But also, um, Tom, personally, I think I would have died for an additional center in the transfer portal. But uh, hey, I'm just a carnival, carnival barker with a microphone. He's a Hall of Fame head coach, so uh, please prove me wrong, Tom. Please prove me wrong that that it really was a good idea to just do 10 scholarship players. And of course, you know, he talked more about just having 10 scholarship players later on in his media availability and said, quote, there is some truth that it seems like more people are more unhappy. There's more people talking and more people. I always say we have to keep the distractions and dirt bags away from our guys because there's getting to be a lot more of that. First of all, I have a name. It's Matt. It's not Dirtbags. Uh, but yeah, let's move on with the quote. At the same time, I've studied Jay Wright a little bit. That's right, the old retired Villanova head coach. Later on in the quote said, I think at the end of the year, Jay was playing six guys. Turned out okay for him. That it did. That it did. They only made it to the final four, which is pretty big time. So that's what I keep telling myself is that, yeah, hey, short bench. Let's just ride with our guys limit the minutes for, you know, those players that won't be playing at the end of the year. So I'm starting to sip that Kool-Aid a little bit more, the Villanova way of just six or seven guys the whole way, which is probably just going to be the only option Michigan State has. Now let's talk about that center position really quick. Uh, Izzo was asked about that, of course. Um, he says, Mati Sissoko is significantly ahead of the others. Now Jackson Kohler is way ahead of them offensively. He's got really good offensive skills. We've been impressed by Carson Cooper. He's done a pretty good job. He's got the most size by far of the three. We've got some combinations in there, but Mahdi has made significant advancements. He might not ever be an offensive player, especially like Jackson, but defensively he's elite running the court and has improved his offense. So this will be center by committee when they're not doing small ball, which I suspect a lot of small ball this year, but hey, all right. Defensive imposing threat in Mati Sissoko. You got your offensive guy in Jackson Kohler. And then he just got this giant seven footer in Carson Cooper. Um, probably just to commit five fouls every single game for his freshman year. Uh, but yeah, hey, Izzo seems pretty confident, confident about the center position. Um, also, too, he uh, sounded off on my favorite player on the team, probably your favorite player on the team, too. We're talking about Jaden Akins. And he said, uh, quote, Jaden Akins is a great example of a kid that if I cheated a kid last year in my own mind, it was him. Meaning that he didn't play him enough. But when there's minutes to be had for a, a kid that shoots 27% <laughs> from three during the conference season, you have to play him. God, that whole Max Christie saga will always forever baffle me. Anyway. Izzo said, uh, enough of my thoughts, quote, anything good that happens, he deserves every bit of. I'm a fan of his because of the work he puts in. I'm not going to deprive him of the opportunity to play because I think those type of guys end up being draft picks for me. Also went on to say that, look, Jaden Akins doesn't like basketball. He loves it. He lives it. So, yes, Izzo is a even bigger Jaden Akins fan than I am, which is uh, hard to believe because, whoo boy, am I leading that man's hype train right there. And last but not least, say my favorite quote for last, 
talked about being underdogs this season. No, they're not going to be highly ranked going into the season. No, no one's expecting them to win the Big Ten. But is that good for this program? He says, quote, I can see why we're not everybody's favorite. Deservedly so. We haven't accomplished enough. I do like the underdog mentality because they have a chip on their shoulder. And I love it too, Tom. This is where Tom Izzo coach teams find their comfort. Their comfort level is in the muck. It is in the mud. It is starting under the radar. So, yes, let's go get them. Basketball is just around the corner. God. Cannot simply wait for that. That's going to be a fun season, if not for nothing. So uh, there we have it. We're going to talk a little more basketball and football with a listener question to start off next segment. And then to see if we can keep on winning in five best bets. I can't believe how well this is going. Surely it's going to last forever, right? But first, I just need to talk to you fine folks about Midwest Farm Group that goes by the name of Acre Pro. That's right, Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group is your local farm land group of specialists or specialist group with decades of experience in Corn Belt agriculture. No one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange, expanding your operation, or selling a row crop farm, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. And great service is just the beginning. Acre Pro provides unparalleled land data, including soil ratings, elevation, flood zones, and land valuation across parcels so that you can get the full picture up front and be confident in the entire land market. Your agent will cater to each of your individual needs and help you navigate the complexities of buying and selling land so that the process is made simple. Experience the ease of Acre Pro by working with farmland specialists like Kyle Rule, Brady Hammond, Neil Herr, Kyle Spray. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765 765- 587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, that's 765-587-3185 Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. All right, we're going to get to five best bets in a hot second, but first we got an email today. That's right, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. This is from Ryan. He says, not sure if you have a mailbag coming up before the Wisconsin game. Ryan, for you, we always have a mailbag. Come on now. Uh, But because I found myself becoming more of a masochist as the football season goes on, I'd love to hear your comments on this one. Hope everyone's sitting down, ready for a fun question here. Here we go. Oh, God. Who wins a regular season game first? The football team or the men's basketball team? Yeah, I went there, and I'm not, and I'm worried it's the team that, that is not even in season right now. Uh, yeah, uh, look, Michigan State has three football games before the November 7th basketball opener against Northern Arizona. They got Wisconsin. Okay, they got the bye week. They, they can't lose in the bye week, but this question is, will they win a game? Uh, and then, oh, you're going to Ann Arbor. Oh, God. Uh, and then you go to Champaign, Illinois, which for the longest time up and down this offseason, I said that, look, this Illinois game is going to be a trap game. No doubt about it. And boy, was I dead wrong there because Illinois is just straight up, like, probably good this year. Like, they're just not bad. And Michigan State kind of is. Um, look, I don't know if anyone follows Dr. Green and White on Twitter. Uh, his name is Paul Fanson. You can find him on Twitter. Very math-heavy guy, and he does a lot of number crunching. And he forecasted what the spreads are going to be for the rest of the season for Michigan State. And um, he's predicting the spread for Michigan State, Illinois, to be fighting Illini by 21 and a half. And I almost fell directly out of my chair, through my office floor, into the basement when I saw that. So, no, I don't think that's going to be the win. 
hey, look, the games can always be close against Michigan, so I'm not going to completely wave the white flag on that yet. I'm just calling it very unlikely. So this is your chance this weekend. This is your chance this weekend to do it. With that said, as you'll find out next in my best bets, I, 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 I fail to have confidence in seeing a win this weekend. So with that said, I think it's going to be basketball on November 7th. And if Michigan State doesn't win that game on November 7th against Northern Arizona, then I, I'm just going to change this podcast into locked on basket weaving or locked on pie making, locked on cocktails perhaps because, oh my God, things would be in dire straits at that point. So no, I hate to say it, and I hope a lot of you are more positive than I am. Um, I think it's going to be the basketball team, Ryan. I think it's going to be the basketball team. So there you have it. Uh, hey, let's get the five best bets here. Um, whether you care or not, um, I'm still going to uh, brag about this because there's no way this sustains itself any longer. But we are going for our... No, we just had our fourth winning week in a row for five best bets. We went 4-1 last week. We are 20-15 and 15 on the season. Oh my God, this is incredible. Uh, unfortunately, yes, we picked the Ohio State game correctly. They... Took it to Michigan State. Uh, TCU minus six versus Kansas hit. Texas A&M plus 24 and a half. Almost didn't even need those points. And then Texas versus Oklahoma under 65. Thank you, Oklahoma, for not showing up at all last week. So those were our four wins. And then Wisconsin at Northwestern. We went under 44. And Wisconsin damn near took care of that by themselves here. So without further ado, let's go into this week's five best bets. We will start with the Michigan State game. These are courtesy of betonline.net. Before I go any further, excuse me if I forgot to say that, but I'm going to go with Wisconsin minus seven. Please don't boo me. Please don't yell at me. But also, Michigan State, please prove me wrong. Just just win this game straight up, please. I, I want to lose this money. I want to lose this money, but also, I just I, I can't have faith in in betting for Mich- or betting on Michigan State when we've seen what we've seen the last four games. Look, hey, Graham Mertz isn't anything special, but we've also proven that you don't really have to be necessarily anything special to hang up points against Michigan State, and I just don't trust Michigan State's offense lately. I'm sorry. I want to be wrong about this. Believe me, I do. And I also want to be wrong about this next game, too. Um, This is strictly uh, a public betting play right here. I'm going to take Michigan minus 7. Again, Nittany Lions, please prove me wrong. I just fear that I won't get proven wrong here because... Last I checked, hold on, head coach of Penn State. Let me look that up here. Yeah, no, okay, it's still James Franklin. Can't trust him in a top 10 game, top 25 game hardly. So, yeah, we're going to go with Michigan there because, yeah, James Franklin's still on the sidelines. Look, on a more serious note, Penn State, a good team, but still a pretty young team. And more importantly, Penn State is getting nearly 70% of the bets, but the line is still moving. The other way, so yes, the Sharps love Michigan here. So I'm going to follow the money here and take that school down the road. Also, we're going to go way down the road. We are going to take Utah minus three and a half against USC. They defend their home field like no one else over in Utah. And also, the jerseys they are wearing with the memorial helmets with the pictures of their two recently fallen teammates. Sick uniforms, amazing helmets. No shot they lose in those things. No shot they lose in those things. So we're taking the Utes minus three and a half against USC. Also, hate to say this, but I'm going to be taking Tennessee plus seven and a half. This is going to be a snake pit Alabama is walking into in Knoxville. Probably the biggest game in, oh God, maybe 20 years 
over at Tennessee. Uh, I might be missing one or two, but look, this is on the short list of biggest games of all time. They're going to be a hostile atmosphere. And also, I'm not completely sold on Alabama secondary. I'm not completely sold on their offensive line. And Tennessee might have something cooking here with Hendon Hooker. So, again, God, I also I, I just want to lose this bet too. I, I want to lose all these bets so far <laughs> because, oh, man, I don't like uh, Tennessee being good. I don't like Tennessee being good, but I think they are. So I'm going to take the 7.5 there. And last but not least, uh, yeah, for the third week in a row, I'm going to bet against Kansas. I just refuse to believe that this is a real thing. They are playing a team that looked like a, a dead mouse in a trap last week in Oklahoma. But, look, Oklahoma can't be this good, right? I mean, they, they can't be this bad, can they? Like, they, something's got to give with the Sooners. I mean, holy smokes, they need a bounce-back game after the pantsing they took last week against Texas. So, uh, hey, they're minus seven. And with that said, they're also only getting 9% of the bets thrown at them. That's an, that's an unheard of skewed number. Usually, you know, it's a pretty drastic thing when 70% of the bets are going one way. 91% of them are going to the Kansas Jayhawks, so I will be going with Vegas here. I will be taking the Sooners minus seven. This is great potential to look incredibly stupid, but hey... Sometimes I'm a stupid person, so let's just uh, roll the dice and see how things shake out here. So to recap, we got Oklahoma minus seven. We have Tennessee plus seven and a half. Utah minus three and a half. Unfortunately, Michigan minus seven, and even more unfortunately, Wisconsin minus seven as well. Again, I would love to go one and four on this. I would love for the Utah game to be my only win because, oh, I don't like those other schools, but I do like making money, so we're going to be trying that our very best. Uh Gang, you guys are truly the best. Whether this was the only episode you listened to this week or the fifth, God bless your soul. Uh, we will be back on Saturday night, most likely, if not Sunday morning, recap episode of whatever the heck happens on Saturday between the Spartans and Badgers. And then, hey, to kick off next week as well, John Garcia, the recruiting director at Sports Illustrated, will be on to talk about everything Michigan State recruiting. So keep it tuned there. You guys are the best. Enjoy your homecoming weekend. Be safe out there. Let's go. Love you all. Go green.